Hoops Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Inman, sitting alongside my co-host and good friend, Chris Brito. Chris, the Celtics and Rockets are each a win away from preventing Cavs Warriors 4. Can they get it done? We'll get to that and the NBA lottery results in a moment. But first, Chris, my friend, how are you? Hey, man. Happy to be here again. Um, I'm so excited. We're, we're really close to the NBA Finals now, but after a slow start for the Conference Finals, I think... Um, both matchups are actually pretty interesting now. Um, let's start with last night's game. That was um, Thursday night, the Houston Rockets versus the Warriors in Houston. It was game five, and Houston had a terrible game, but so did the Warriors. They they were turnover prone. They couldn't make their jump shots, and frankly, Houston's defense was, was the reason they won that game. I mean, when was the last time we would have said a Mike D'Antoni team won a big playoff game right. because of yeah. their defense, Chris? It was a magnificent effort by the Houston Rockets. They are now a win away from the NBA Finals. And, you know, let's get, let's dive into this series, Chris. I really just didn't see this coming. I thought the Rockets were going to struggle with staying with the Warriors' pace. And, again, the Rockets play as fast as anybody, too. But, you know, the Warriors play at just a different level. And I thought they wouldn't have too many problems. I thought they'd win this series in five or six games. Now, if they're going to win at all, it's going to be in game seven. In Houston. In Houston. And But right when you think the Rockets have them where they want them, Chris Paul, in the moments uh, ending the game yesterday, goes down with a hamstring strain. He's out for game six. Uh, I would assume he's doubtful for the rest of the postseason. But, Chris, can the Rockets win a game six or seven without Chris Paul? Honestly, it pains me to say, but I don't think there's a chance. But then again, we've been saying this almost the whole playoff series against the Warriors for Houston. If they're gonna win it, they need to have they need uh, James Harden to have the best the two best games of his life. If they don't win Game Six in the Bay Area, um, James Harden has frankly not played well, and Chris Brown is the main reason they've won the last two games. Uh, Chris Paul, right? I'm sorry, and. And right now, James Harden, he's kind of underwhelming as the MVP. How, you see, when you watch the game last night, the offense was pretty much flowing through Chris Paul. I mean, and, it and, I mean, as it should, but, you know, your MVP candidate isn't really showing up to the, to the spotlight. And it was kind of like, you know, a little, uh, it wasn't a great sight to see someone who, who supposedly is the best player in the league right now not play up to par. Well, I mean, we said it before this series, Chris, that Chris Paul and James Harden had to exercise those playoff demons, right? James Harden has not done that in this series. We thought Chris Paul could do that in this series before he went down with the injury, but James Harden has not been good in this series. We thought he had to take his MVP caliber level another step up for him to beat the Warriors, and he's went back down, kind of like what he's done previous seasons, kind of what we talked about with DeMar DeRozan last series. And Chris, he has to be the two, he has to have the two best playoff games of his life, and like for them to win, to have a chance of winning one of them. I think the stat last night, the one the most eye popping was not only that he was terrible from the field shooting two pointers, he was even worse shooting from the three point line. He was like what I want to say. Uh, I think the stat is like zero of twenty in the last two games. I know he missed like nine last night. Um. But for a system that relies so much on the th- for for a team that relies so much on the three, and for your best player to, I mean, to to, to miss so many shots, it's kind of like, 
uh, you know, it's not the best thing to, to have, you know. Yesterday, James Harden was 5 of 21 from the floor. That's 23% shooting, Chris. 0 of 11 from 3 with 6 turnovers. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. But and, but but what's crazy somehow, is that but what's crazy is that they, they won, won the anyway. Game. Yeah, they won the game. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, again, Chris Paul deserves a ton of credit. Uh, Eric Gordon has really embraced this six man role. I mean, I can't really think of a better six man in the league right now than him. He's been unbelievable shooting three. You know, twenty four points again last night, three three pointers. And this Rockets bench, which we didn't really think too highly of, we thought it was a good bench. We didn't think it was like a great bench. We raised about the Toronto bench last series. But this bench has outperformed by far the Warriors bench. Oh, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with the Iguodala injury too. You can't take away from that. But but injuries are part of the are the playoffs and, and part of the reason why the Warriors have won the last few seasons is because of injuries to other teams in right. the past. So. I mean I'm glad you brought up Iguodala because it's you know, we, we think of him as like a solid piece and you know the rich get richer kind of thing, but Chris, they miss him. They really they do miss him. him. They He's a stabilizer him. for them. He's a stabilizer on defense, and he helps run this offense, too. So well, they miss him. As he's doubt, he's doubtful for game six um, Saturday night. And, Chris, four points by the Warriors bench in game five. Four points. Unacceptable. How are you going to win games when you one, You're not. when one part of your team is just not contributing? That's a big part, Chris. You're not. Right. Um you know, it's right now. Houston obviously has the ball in their court; they control their own destiny. But I, I'm always afraid to go against the Warriors, um, especially when they're, especially when they're motivated as they as they do when uh, they, you know, they face a little bit of screaming. So you're predicting the Warriors? Win. I think uh, it's it sucks unless Chris Paul miraculously comes back. I think the War the Houston Rockets have no chance. I'm I'm with you, Chris. I think, unfortunately, for the Rockets, that you know I didn't think they were good enough to be in the spot. They've proven me wrong there. Oh, but I I think with the Paul injury, you know, for the next couple of years, when they think about how close this core got, yeah, to winning it, I think they're going to remember that yet yesterday's game as a defining moment of why they didn't win it. So, who do you think will take uh, Chris Paul's minutes? I know Eric Gordon will start in his place, but who do you think will? Well, we'll, I mean, Gordon's already, Gordon's already playing full minutes, so it's going to have to be, you know, James Harden moving basically back to point. They're going to need Eric Gordon. No, no, no. I'm saying, like, who, who out of, who's out of the rotation will will I, take the minutes. Again, like, I don't think there's really anybody here that's going to take significant minutes. Maybe you give Joe Johnson, who's got a, a million playoff games under his resume, some burn. But for the most part, you know... I actually think Lou Mute will probably take the minutes because of his... You know he's not the best three point shooter, but he's he's at least not a liability on defense. So. Right. I mean, like this bench is not great. Besides for Eric Gordon and Gerald Green. I mean, again, Gerald Green was signed off the scrap heap. And you a know few he's, he's been playing great defense on Curry, man. Whenever you see when you see Green on Curry, I mean, I'm not trying to say that he, he shuts him down by any means, but, but he's helping. Right. He's another body to throw at him, you know. And you know Gerald Green, you know three three pointers in the last game, and. His minutes, I would guess, would probably go up. He had 16 minutes in That's Game true. 5. Yep. He'd probably be the guy, but you know, this is not a deep team in terms of you know a big rotation. You know, in Game in Game 5, they played, what, seven guys. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really see that changing. I think maybe a Joe Johnson breaks into this rotation for a few minutes, but 
I think everybody else is just going to have to up their game. Yeah. Um, so what about the Eastern Conference uh, Finals? What do you think about how you know Boston is basically on the verge of advancing? They only need to win to, they, if they win to, if they win tonight uh, in Cleveland. They're basically going to face. You know, they're going to face the winner of the Houston Golden State Series. I mean, series. Chris, this, do you see it happening? This, uh, I'm I'm leaning towards they have a shot. And oh, like, oh, duh. Houston, to me, doesn't have a shot. I think okay. Boston has a 45% chance of moving on. Okay. Which I think fair. is a lot. And you know what, Chris? This team is starting to remind me of another team that really didn't have the guy. And that's the 2004 Pistons. And you look at that team. That's true. Okay, look, I can see that. You look at that team and it's like. But much younger. You remember them as a, you know, a great group. They didn't have this superstar. But they had a lot of really good players. And that's kind of where this Boston team is. Terry Rozier is emerging into a all-star caliber player. You know, the the defense has been relentless. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, which, again, I don't want to discredit them and say, oh, they're just a good group. Those guys could become really good stars at some point. You see, but I, they're not there yet. The, and, I, and I think yeah. just this group together doing what they're doing, one win away from the finals, is something we haven't really seen from a, a team over a superstar in the NBA Finals in a decade. The most encouraging thing about that team is the fact that they're all so young, with the exception of Horford and a few other guys, Marcus Morris. They're playing they're, great. They're all young players, and granted, maybe they don't make it this year, but they'll definitely be back next year and, and years to come. Um, but obviously we're in the present, and right now the Celtics have been terrible on the road. They've only won one game. They've lost six of them, but they've been stellar at home. Um, now against Cleveland tonight... They're playing. They're playing against a particular player who has been fantastic in elimination games. We're talking about guess who? LeBron James. LeBron James has won twelve out of the last twenty-one playoff eliminating elimination games his teams have faced. So he's actually been averaging, you know, close to thirty-four points a game. Uh, it's most in any player in NBA history who, when facing a playoff elimination game. So. You know, based on those odds, he is the guy that I want on my team if my team is is about to get eliminated. Um, Chris, I think that's a great stat. I think LeBron will easily win Game 6 in Cleveland. The question really for me is what happens in Game 7. See, the one thing that kind of, like, worries me about LeBron is that he's due. Like, he's been in the play, And I'm not saying that's, like, it's obviously not scientific, obviously, right? We're not. I'm not basing this off anything particular, but eventually he has to lose. Yeah, I mean, he has been to every final since what 2010. Yeah, when, when he much. lost, and you know, he wound up moving on to, uh, you know, the Miami, Miami Heat. Heat. So the Heatles, the Heatles, right? One of the the first of the big three era. So, Chris, I think I think the so Cavs are going to get this done. I think in Game Seven, and it's it's really just like. A team versus one man. It really is. Like, this Cavs team, we thought, oh, George Hill has to step up. Kevin Love has to step and up. Kyle Korver has to step up. And well, for the most part, they really haven't. Right. In spots, Korver and Love, ha- and Love have. But as a team, it, the, the amount that LeBron James is doing is insane. Insane. I think, what, he had 44 points in the, in the game a few days ago? I mean, no. No, he had, what, oh, 26 games, which is... Which is a great game for another player, but for him it's an off game, which is I mean, insane. Look, look, look at this box score from, from Game 5. Tristan Thompson, 26 minutes, 1 point. 
J.R. Smith, 26 minutes, 2 points. George Hill, 30 minutes, 7, seven points. points. And you know That's what? Unacceptable. And a, you know, six, one, one, two, two. Like there, no, nobody's really doing anything. Larry Nance, two points. You know, Kyle Korver, seven points on two of six shooting. It's just they're not getting it done. They're not. And you know, LeBron is you know basically every assist. I mean, like LeBron has like it's every he's putting everything on the table. Like guys don't really score unless LeBron gives like, gives question. an assist. So Steve, question. Just uh, humor me for in this scenario. Okay. Um, let's say Cleveland advances and let's say the Houston Rockets advance and LeBron James wins the NBA finals. Does he stay in Cleveland? That's a great question. And you know what? I think it's going to have to be LeBron basically treats them like he treats everybody else, which is I'll consider them, but I'm not making a decision. He basically tell them they have to upgrade the roster for him to come back. And I don't really know what they can do. They don't really have picks. You know, well, they can trade their what eighth pick, seventh pick. They could trade the seventh pick. They could probably they, get something. Is right. that is that a better option? Like, can they get a better player than what they could get at at seven? Well, I think if you somehow convince Paul George to come, one, you manufacture some deal where you get. They don't have the cap space for something like that, do they? Well, no, I mean we're we're talking hypotheticals, right? Sure. So. You know, in, in a scenario where maybe they can shed some contracts, maybe, sh- you know, send away George Hill, Rodney Hood. Um, I don't know. It's, I don't think it's out of the question is what I'm trying to say. Because yeah. at least they have a few, you know, they have that draft pick asset. So, um, Right. Speaking of that draft pick asset, let's move on to the uh, NBA uh, draft lottery from last week. Uh, Chris, you and I were very hopeful that, you know, this was the year that our Knicks could move up. I mean, the odds weren't great, but, you know, it's been 30 years since they moved up in an NBA lottery since 85 and they took Patrick Ewing. So eventually the numbers tell you it has to happen eventually. So why not now? But it didn't for us. It, it did, did not for the for Suns, us. the Phoenix Suns. It did for the Suns. The, the top three in the draft are Phoenix, Sacramento, Atlanta. Um, you know, Luka Doncic is there. DeAndre Ayton, the Arizona uh, from University of Arizona. I think he makes a ton of sense in Phoenix pairing him with Booker. And, you know, a ton of cap space there. Yeah. Is Phoenix all of a sudden not the I worst think, destination? I think Luka Doncic is probably the most intriguing prospect out of the whole draft. But just because he's a EuroLeague player, and which he just won the – he actually just won the EuroLeague finals, and he was the MVP. And he's gotten so many accolades at the age of 19 that it's insane that he's even not even considered at the top spot. I think he's a consideration. And, yeah, but they probably won't take him just because of DeAndre Ayton's like tantalizing, you know, attributes, right? Um, and they also have his former coach. Um, he's he's also coaching the Suns, but either either way, Luca at number one doesn't make much sense. But we'll get a lot, we'll get a lot through this in our NBA draft show in a few weeks. Um, right off the bat, who do you see at number nine from New York? I mean, I like Colin Sexton from uh, Alabama. You know, the point guard. I think he makes a lot of sense. He reminds me a lot of Eric Bledsoe, which is really he's more of a scoring guard than a than a point guard, but he could do a lot of like different things. He could pass, he could shoot, and he makes a lot of sense for me. And if the Knicks were finally able to fill that point guard position, that would go a long way. I think they really like Michael Bridges. You I know, like him. That's, Tra- that's Trae my Young guy. is going to be a consideration, but I have a feeling that Cleveland likes him at eight if they wind up staying in that spot. We'll wait and see on that. Uh, well, they definitely need point guard help. So they can yeah. use pretty much everything except for wherever LeBron is on the court. 
So, <laughs> and they might need that at some point too if LeBron winds up right, moving right. elsewhere. Chris, any final thoughts before we wrap up the show? Um, no, I'm excited to see what Mike, uh, Mike, I was going to say Mike Woodson, um, our new coach. David Fizdell. David Fizdell will do with our team. He took the the young Knicks to the Eastern Conference final game, game five, right? That was two nights ago. Yeah, and it's just encouraging to see, like, you know, what he's... Him trying to bond with the team. Chris trying to bond the team. Chris Stapps also talk. tweeted at him, too. Um, so, yeah, that's encouraging. What about you? Uh, the process. The process has been all over the place in the NBA with Sam Hinkie, and now it is moving to the NFL. You know, he's taking a, a position with the Denver Broncos, you know, basically be an analyst for them, and I think it's just awesome to see that, you know, this guy was so vilified by the NBA for what he did with tanking, and he really just changed everything. He changed everything, and now other sports are acknowledging it, and they're trying to get this great mind in their building. And I think it's awesome, and uh, it's nice to see him kind of come out on top when it seemed like you know the NBA was never going to give him another chance. Right here, he is in the NFL now. I think that's an awesome story, and uh, congrats to Sam Hinkie. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, all right, guys. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'll probably, we'll have a show in a few days covering who actually makes it to the finals. Um, so hopefully you'll tune in for that too. Thanks for listening.